If you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3. And if you don't have a Bible, we're still going to be in Acts chapter 3. You can just participate by reading the verses off the screen, and uh, we'll put them up for you. The book of Acts is an amazing book. It picks up where the Gospels leave off. Because in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, four stories, four perspectives rather, telling the same story. You have the chronicling of what Jesus did while he was on the earth. Then he leaves and goes to heaven, but sends his Holy Spirit. And it's the exact same story. It's now what Jesus is doing through his church, powered by the Holy Spirit, as they fulfill his marching orders, which was go into all the world and tell this amazing good news of my resurrection and me being the Lord and being the king and being the guy, tell it to everybody. And no matter what they've done, no matter how much of a mess they've made of their lives, no matter any, anybody, anywhere, can, can believe and receive life in my name. So that's the job the disciples were given. So they, they, they did their best. They, they went all over the ancient world. And Acts covers them going from Jerusalem, where they started out, all the way to Rome, the capital of the Roman Empire. And, and by the time the book of Acts closes, you have literally this guy, Paul, sharing the gospel in the presence of the most powerful person in the world, testifying before Caesar himself. And so it's an amazing journey. And where we're jumping in in Acts chapter 3, there's a story that, to me, uh, just really is the perfect launching off point for what we are going to be talking about in this series that we are beginning this weekend called Keep the change. Everyone say, keep the change. You want to hang on to that change. You don't want it to, 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 to get out of your sight. So that's what we're going to talk about, keeping the change here in Acts 3. And congratulations to all of you. So far, you have perfect church attendance this year. So you have, you man, wow, good job. Just got to see how many weekends in a row you can string that together. And But so far, you're doing really good this, this year. So good on you. Acts 3, here's what we find. It says, now Peter and John, these are guys who literally walked around with Jesus, touched him after he died uh, and rose and, and saw him ascend to heaven bodily. They went up together, everyone say together, to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That's 3 p.m. Took me a little while to figure that out. The Jews count time from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So therefore, the ninth hour would be, that'd be 3 p.m., I was like really confused for a while. I was like, what is the ninth hour? I don't know. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, so that means he couldn't walk his entire life, was carried. Why? Because he couldn't walk. Why didn't he ride in a wheelchair? Because it was not the same as it is today. How, how, how far we've come, especially in this country, to, to make uh, the, the, world, the world wheelchair accessible and um, you just think about how hard it would be. I recently was in a hotel room. There was a, they, they ran out of room, so they gave me a, a wheelchair-accessible room, and there was a button you could push, and it would open up the lock, and the door would open by itself, and the, the, you could just ride right into the, the, the bathtub and shut a, a door that would seal, and water would rise up. And I just think it's amazing how far we've come in being able to help make the world accessible for those who have it difficult and are challenged in that way with mobility. And, and this guy had to get carried because there were not other options like that. So... He uh, gets carried. Uh, they, they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. So the temple had a lot of different gates. And this, this particular gate he would like to hang out at was called the Beautiful Gate. And what, an iron, what a cruel irony 
to be at a gate named Beautiful, but to have a life that is, is anything but, that would just be full of so many challenges. And, and what was he get taken there for? Well, here it says, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. How interesting that when he wanted to receive uh, financial gifts to help him live, he didn't have his friends take him and drop him off at a grocery store or at a bar or at a, at a sporting event. He had them basically take him to church. Sit me outside that temple. Sit me outside this building where people are going to come and, and worship God. And, uh, and, and why? Well, he, he supposed that those who would spend time with their minds on heaven would then be more generous to their fellow person. And I think it should be that way. I think, let, let me tell you something, anytime we are able to come and, 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 and build up our love for God and it doesn't translate to a deeper love for people and specifically for alleviating the suffering that people are dealing with, I would tell you that something's broken in the first category, that it's not working properly. If we can say, God, I love you, but then that, that doesn't flow out to love towards people, then we're not doing it right. And this guy's banking on that. They're going to be more generous because they're worshipers. I mean, it's like kind of cunning, but it should be that way. And it says in, in verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us, look at us. That'll get your attention, right? <laughs> this guy, excuse me, let me grab a drink of water real quick. I have one of those crazy, um, I'm about to cough, but it just will not manifest itself right now. <laughs> and it's, it's a perfect time, because I'm in front of a bunch of people, and <laughs> you're all looking at me for some reason. And, and uh, so, that didn't fix it. Man. <clears throat> yourself. <laughs> okay. Who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, verse 3, verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us, verse 5. So he gave them his attention. Why? Expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, his feet and ankle bones received strength. Luke uh, is a doctor who wrote this book. And he can always be counted on to give us unnecessary medical information. <laughs> if it, like, you couldn't just say the guy got up. He's like, no, his feet and ankle bones receive strength. Like, thank you, thank you, Dr. Luke. Like, just, just, just give us the facts, buddy. All right. So verse 8, he, the guy who had been lame since birth, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. I bet they did. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, because it was like an everyday thing for him. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. Everyone say wonder, wonder. and amazement. amazement. 
That should be the reaction to Jesus working in our lives. People who knew us best should be like, what? What? Who the heck are you? Wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. One of my favorite things, like friends I went to school with, like middle school, would look at me and be like, what the heck? You do what? That doesn't add up. Like, that's wonder and amazement. God's good. Wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11, now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So they were amazed and not a little bit of amazed. So verse 12, never one to miss an opportunity when there's a captive crowd, a bunch of people standing around. So when Peter saw it, the opportunity, I mean, he, he, he grabbed it real quick. He responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently as, at us as though through our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? And who do you think he's going to point them to instead of look at me? He's going to say, this was done by Jesus. And that's exactly what he does. He talks about Jesus who died on the cross, Jesus who rose from the dead, Jesus who's the Lord of all, Jesus who's the king, Jesus who's the one who healed this man. And he says, wrapping it up in verse 16, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Come on, praise God, because that is a great story. I want to preach to you a message that I'm calling Making Sense of Change. Jot it down if you take notes in church. Making Sense of change. Uh, we are going to be talking about that exact subject through this series, change. And um, it, it's a perfect thing because I think all of us, it's natural as a year ends, as a new year begins, all of our hearts, you know, they kind of start to gravitate towards change. And it, it's a good thing. I've heard pastors like berate New Year's resolutions, like they were like a bad thing. Like, oh, really? People assessing what's not going good in their life and, and wanting to see different things happening, that's a bad thing? Like, no, I, th I think uh, we need more of it, not less of it. I, I think we should start every quarter like that. Start every new month like that. Start every day like that. Come on, somebody, his mercies are new every morning. You get a new year every day. But, 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 but when we come to at the actual end of, of a year, there's a real beautiful, poetic, the Bible's all about seasons. And as a year ends, that's a whole season coming to fruition. The Bible says as long as the earth remains, it's going to be seed time and harvest, and seed time and harvest, and seed time and harvest. So this is going to happen. It's going to be cold and then hot, and then cold and hot. And so there's something really cool about celebrating a whole trip around the sun that, that we would say, OK, before we go flying around the sun again, let's, let's take inventory. Let's, 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 let's think about it. That's good. The Bible says make a vow to God and then pay it. The, the, the Bible does not like shy away from us making some thoughts, making some commitments, and, 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 and certainly this is a, a good thing. Now, having said that, of course, we don't seem to be too terribly good at living out the oaths that we make. Um, New Year's resolutions, like any resolution, I suppose, it's, it's easier said than done. And we've all been there where, where we, uh, we make some big oath, you know, January 1, and then, you know, it fizzles out by February. I, I've actually had some New Year's resolutions that didn't even make it into the new year. Have you been there? Like in December, you're like, you know, I'm going to do that this time. And then like halfway through J January, you're like, oh, crap, I forgot about that. Right? Anybody honest enough? Like New Year's resolution didn't even make it into the new year. It was just all good intentions. Yep, been there too. Um, and, 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 and so, you know, I, how, do we, how do we reconcile that? Well, I'm going to just maybe ask a question. 
this message is just kind of kind of be an introductory. We're not getting into the guts of it yet. Um, we'll have time in the series to kind of get into the mechanics of change and what we can do to optimize our lives and to be wise, as the Bible would say. But, but in, in this introductory message, I want to kind of begin by asking the, you this question. What if, in years gone by, when it was, it was just all good intention in January, February, and then back to business as usual by March. What if, maybe just maybe, the reason those New Year's resolutions didn't lead to change that you kept was because they were not too big, too grandiose of, of ideas, but maybe they were too small. Maybe you weren't too ambitious. Maybe you weren't ambitious enough. I'm suggesting, I'm not answering the question for you. You gotta answer it for yourself. I'm just saying, maybe you didn't, you, you, you didn't aim too high and ask too much. You, you aimed too low and asked too little. Here before us in this story is a passage about a man who God's design, here's God's design, was to radically change his life so completely that after you, you met him, it, it, his life bore no resemblance to what it looked like before he had this, this change event, this change uh, occurred in his life that he, in, in fact, got to keep, right? So, 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 so radically was he changed that in body, in mind, in spirit, he was a different person. He was a new person. But, but he almost got out of this impacting event with a change in his heart. He almost settled for a change so short of what God had for him potentially to experience that, that he almost walked away with, by his own request, with a change so small, it was laughable. A change he never would have been able to keep is what he almost settled for. And that's what maybe I'm afraid of for you and for me. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say the change you need might not be the change you want. I'm saying maybe we should, before we write down the resolution and, and move into the new year, really consider whether it's a want thing or a need thing. Because the text tells us that as Peter and John walked into the temple, the text tells us they noticed, they noticed this man lying there. So you cannot have a need addressed until you notice the need. Now, it seems as you read it, as Peter was the one who acted on it, that John was the one who noticed the need. And that lines up with what we know of their character and their personalities and just kind of how they rolled, you know? Peter's the gruff one, get up, you know? Like, get up, just what are you lying there for? Get up, right? But, but John, who, who, who's t lying tenderly on Jesus's, you know, shoulder at the Last Supper, John, who, who nicknamed himself the disciple Jesus loved, it would be for sure fitting for John, the only of the disciples who showed up at the cross, to be the one who noticed this need. Now, we just got to pause right there and say this. How differently Acts 3 would go had, had, had not Peter and John noticed this need? It would have gone like this. Peter and John went to the hour of prayer and went in and prayed, and then Peter and John went home, and that would be Acts 3. And if you read Acts 4, where they go to prison, and there's a trial, and this whole thing, like, like, like there's like a cataclysmic shift that happened here in Acts 3 and Acts 4, but it started because they noticed a need. So my, my question to me is, how many needs am I walking by, but I'm texting? How many needs am I sitting next to you, but I'm, I'm scrolling through my feed? Are we aware of the need that's around us? Are we aware of the people that we're interacting with? Are we, are we potentially missing out on miracles because we're just otherwise preoccupied? 
So he, he noticed the need. Maybe that's just enough of the sermon. You could go home right now to start noticing the need in your home. How, what's, the, what's the atmosphere of your children's faith? What's the atmosphere of the personality? How are they doing? What's the climate at work? The coworker you sit next to that you have idle chatter with about the weather and what they watched on TV. Like, how are they doing? Are they hurting? What's going on in their family? What's, what's happening in the people that we walk by? These are living souls. They're going to live forever somewhere. And God put us to, 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 to intersect with them for just a moment, maybe just a moment that we'll never get back. And what, what are we doing with that little brief exchange? Do we have, are we doing anything we we can do impart just a little bit of life and just, just a little bit of the brightness in our eyes that Jesus put there? Are we doing what we can to, to pass that on? You cannot address a need that you don't notice. They noticed the need, right? Now, now let's bring it home to our own lives. What need do you need to notice inside yourself? Because there's a big difference in this passage from what he wanted to what he needed, isn't there? What he actually needed, he didn't even notice anymore because he had lived with it so long. This man didn't even notice the fact that he couldn't walk. From birth, he hadn't walked. So he's not thinking like, oh, I'm gonna, I hope I'm going to walk this year. Like he, that ship had so sailed. That, 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 for, for decades and decades and decades, this guy had been immobile. So that's not even on his mind. So when he gets two apostles who cruise by one day and he gets a request and he gets to rub the genie magic lamp, like what does he ask for? A little bit of money. He's lying there, and he just asks for alms. The text says, could I just have a couple dollars? He, he's, just hoping, he's just hoping to get a couple, a couple coins to rub together in his tin cup, right? And, and, and what if they would have given him that money and then walked on? He would have had change. Change he could not have kept. He would have spent it, and he would not have kept it, okay? And, 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 and so what did God want to give him? God wanted to give him mobility, God didn't want to give him spare change. He wanted to give him life change. He didn't want to give him a little bit of money. He wanted to give him a miraculous mobility that would change the game forever. So what he was focused on and, and, and fixated on was, was something he wanted, but it wasn't truly his greatest need. And, and so as we approach a brand new year, is this a recalibration point for us? Is this a, a passing of time for us? And, and one of the, if we don't get hit by a bus earlier, 70 right? Some 70 years, that's just doing pretty good, 80 years maybe. One of those years have just, passed, have just ticked by. And, and, and so we're going into a new one and we're saying to ourselves, what, what change needs to happen that I'm going to focus on intentionally? Because I can't focus on everything because that's the same as focusing on nothing. But I'm gonna find, if I'm going to identify an area, what is it going to be this year? Let's make sure it's a, it's a need and not just a want. Because we might grab the equivalent of a couple coins compared to what God wants us to have. So you go, okay, I want to lose not a couple coins. I want, I want to lose a couple pounds this year. No, that's a perfectly good thing. We should take care of our bodies. I would certainly not at all suggest you steer away from taking good care of your body. But let me just say this. You could have a problem that's a need that you don't notice that's not a couple pounds overweight. It could be that you're defined by your body. And so let's say you do manage to get in shape this year. What will you have done? You'll have just traded a fixation with food with an unhealthy fixation with fitness. And you've just swapped idols out now. And something else now you're focusing on and getting your worth from and your validation from that what comfort food was before. Now it's this. And, and, and binging, now it's just marathon working out. And you know, I'm, uh, a million selfies of yourself at the gym. Is, does it, is it any better? So, 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 so you say, well, it's not, it's not a few pounds for me. My few coins maybe that you might grab would be 
I, I want to I budget better. I want to spend money better. I, I don't like that I'm always in debt. I want to get out of debt. Okay, but, but you know what? There, there are greedy rich people just like there are greedy poor people. And if you're focused on money as, 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 as someone who doesn't have it, you'll be focused on money as someone who does have it. So, so that doesn't change anything. That's just, that's just a couple coins that you won't be able to keep that change. If you say, oh, it's this relationship, my, it's my relationship problem. What I, again, what I'm suggesting to you is it might not be a relationship problem. It might be a forgiveness problem, that you don't give forgiveness to people. And so you could patch up this relationship and get it through this next year a little bit better than other ones in your life, but your other relationships are going to suffer too because maybe what you need is a better forgiving heart. And if you let God address that, that's change you can keep, just like this man who once God decided to not give him what he asked for, but instead to give him what he no longer even noticed was a need in his life because he had lived with it for so so long, what was God able to do? God was able to give him what he asked for eventually through what he didn't know he even needed. And what are you even saying? I'm saying once his legs worked, what was homeboy able to do? Go get a job. And once he had the job with his newfound ability to work, which was not a possibility before, what was he able to do? He was able to get dollars and he was able to get cents. How? With his change. His change made sense. I liked it. I liked it. I liked that title. I worked all week on that. Now, listen, listen, listen to me very carefully. His destiny, like yours, was accessed through disappointment. And I believe that oftentimes the only way for us to get to what God knows we need is for, at times, him to not allow us to have what we think we want. Because there was a point when he, he could have gotten mad, when Peter and John are there, and he says, alms for the poor. And Peter and John say, silver and gold we do not have, but we give you something in the name of Jesus. Now, I've, I've been around situations like this enough to know this could go one of two ways here. It could end with um, Peter and John being physically assaulted, right? I mean, that, that I've seen intense anger arise when someone doesn't realize you're not going to give them what they want. Maybe you're offering to buy them a hamburger instead, right? Maybe you're offering to take them somewhere, help them out. Like, you're trying to give them a hand up instead of a hand out, whatever. Like, I, like, that's what it seems like this is going, and this could go very badly. He could immediately shift his attention to other worshipers who, you're wasting my time. I, these guys might give me money over, right? He got disappointed. It was a chance for him to be offended. And so it always is. Before we ever get to our destiny, there has to be opportunity for disappointment along the way because what we think we need isn't always what God knows we need. But if we're willing to go with him on the ride, because here this guy is, and now a strange man just says in the name of Jesus, and what does he do? Peter grabs him, the text says, if you look again, by the right hand. By the right hand. Now, in the Bible, the right hand is always the hand of authority. God upholds us with his mighty right hand. For this man, lameness had authority over him. It defined him from his mother's birth. That was who he was. That was his story. But now, Peter says, in the name of Jesus, here's the right hand of a different name that's going to speak a better word over your life. And this man had the choice to take that. Peter could pull, but he still had to get up. Peter could pull, but he still had to rise. Jesus gave the power, but he had to choose to stand up to his feet before his ankle bones received strength. And I feel like God wanted me to tell somebody, he's got the power, but you still have to choose to get up. In this new year, you're going to have to choose to rise up. No one's going to make the choices for you. You're going to have to accept the power of God in the moment. You're going to have to make some tough decisions. You're going to have to sacrifice 
this now so you can enjoy it later. You're, no one's going to live your life for you. You've got to offer yourself to God as a living sacrifice and do the hard yards of walking with Jesus. So this guy, he received what he needed. It came through God not giving him what he thought he wanted. But, but now let's, 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 let's drill down on this a little bit further, maybe from a different angle. Because I think you'll agree with me, this was an abnormal uh, prayer service. This was an abnormal day, right? This, this is crazy. But this abnormal day came about in a very, very normal way. Right. What do I mean? Verse 1, Peter and John, at the hour of prayer, went to pray. At the hour of prayer, they went to pray. It started out super normal. It started out super low key. You see, because going back to David, who one time said, God, you're going to hear my voice morning, noon, and night. You're going to hear my voice morning, noon, and night. There, there, there became this custom that was, we're going to pray three times a day. It's going to be three different spots. We're going to pray. We're going to just make sure God hears our voice three times a day. Daniel, the prophet, did it in the book of Daniel. He prayed morning, noon, and, and night. And, and so it became this custom that you would, you would pray three times a day. And apparently, John and Peter, they, this was so sewn into them that it was automatic. It was just something they did. And so something crazy, awesome, and wild happened. How did it happen? It happened in the midst of something that was routine and normal and a part of their life that they had planned out. What am I trying to get you to see? I'm trying to get you to see that healthy habits open you up to holy moments. Healthy habits, the, 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 the routine, the grind, the discipline, these are the things you put into place so that God can bless you with the divine. You see, I think sometimes we're just hoping he mails us a miracle, but we're not willing to get up and go pray three times a day. We're hoping just that God's just going to part the clouds and the dove's going to come down without us being willing to sanctify ourselves to him and open up his word and get into a group and, and do the, the hard yards of just walking with Jesus. But for them, this spark of the divine, would it, they would have missed out on it completely had they not been going on the way to pray. It, it got interrupted their plans. They never even had a prayer meeting that day. They never got to have a prayer meeting because he interrupted. But God doesn't just interrupt as a rule, as, as, as an exception, without there being those rule things in place. That's often how he works, because he's the God of, of order. So, so, so let me suggest for you, maybe just maybe a part of your decision for the new year, as God identifies the part of your heart he's working on, what's your actual need, and not just what you think you need to have fixed, part of your decision could be to say, hey, in this new year, I want to gather together with God's people every single week. I want to do that, as has been the custom since Jesus rose from the dead. And unless I'm out of town or sick and in bed, I'm going to do it. And if I'm in bed, I'm going to watch it on the live link. And if, and I'm, I'm gonna, if I'm traveling, I'm going to find me a fresh light campus and get there for one thing before I'm traveling. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of my way to get to church. I'm going to go out of my way to be in the room when Jesus is present as God's word is open. I'm going to, I'm going to make it a part of the rhythms of my life. And I want, I want, I'm going to even take it a step further. I want you to, 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 to do so knowing that not every single time the lame man gets healed. Right. Now, now, there's always something powerful that happens whether you know it or not whether it's you or not, whether, whether you, you see it or not. But what I'm saying is that sometimes it's, it's just the cardio. And sometimes it's just, it's just just putting it in. I don't even know what God's going to bring out of it eventually. What, what I'm suggesting to you is that when you read your Bible 50 days in a row, there could be 49 days where you don't get anything out of it. And then the 50th time, breakthrough that changes your life forever. 
Now, now that, that 50th time, you could say, is the only time that changed your life. That's the time that changed my life. I would argue that all 50 of them were involved. And you never would have gotten to the 50th if you hadn't put the first 49 in place so it could build on it, 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 you see? I'll spend a whole week putting a message together. And, and I'll, I'll, the first day, like, see nothing in it. I'll, re, I'll read a passage of scripture and I'm like, okay, dang, man, I don't know what any of this means. Sometimes, I, I, just to be honest with you, I'll read my Bible in my quiet time in the morning on my phone, my little thing, and I'll read a passage of scripture and it's something crazy from the Old Testament. And I'm like, dude, God, ah, I want to love you right now. But this is like about a bag of foreskins that some guy had to give to a king to get a girl to marry him. And I want to honor you today, but I just don't know how that is part of it. And you know what I mean? I, and and if, if you ever feel that way, it's cool. But what I'm saying is, 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 is they can't all be the cherry on top. God has to put the scoops of Sunday down. God has to build things up. You have to get the healthy habit so that you're set up for the holy moment. So some of us, we just only want the holy moment. We want to go mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop without ever walking through that valley. But it doesn't work that way. And so it was for these two, as they went to the, 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 the prayer service, all those times, hundreds of times, without something spectacular that made it into the Bible, that they were set up for that, for that one time. But when that one time happened, it changed everything, right? Think of, this applies to so many arenas. How do you, how do you win the game-winning shot in front of 10,000 people? You do the shot by yourself 10,000 times. You see what I'm saying? And so I think it's the same way. Uh, but, but even for the times where you don't, you don't see the heavens part, nothing crazy happens that, that it's hist hist historians want to write down, the, the more boring parts of, of life, the, the steak and potatoes parts of, of our spirituality, if that was your commitment to a generous life and a gathering with God's people, guess what? According to studies that I just was reading, you're even going to live longer just for doing that. Harvard University conducted a 20-year-long study. They recently published, and, and USA Today ran it, uh, showing that those who attend church regularly will outlive other people, have a 20 to 30% lower mortality rate. 20 to 30% lower mortality rate uh, over a 15-year-long period while they were doing this study. They found that to be conclusive and a higher quality of life, meaning a, a greater sense of meaning and purpose. Then uh, the, the Cleveland, um, uh, let's see, I wrote it down here because it's, it's multiple syllable words. The Cleveland Clinic found that people who give money away, like giving to nonprofit, giving to their church, giving to charity, people who give money away find physically to have lower blood pressure, lower levels of depression, lower levels of stress, and find that the giving becomes addictive. So, so, so here's what I'm saying. Even though you're maybe setting things in place for some breakthrough moment down the road, there's still benefits to what you're doing along the way. Come on, isn't that amazing? Just thought I'd share that with you. So, Healthy habits. There's a connection to holy moments. Um, then in verse 1, notice this. We're just going to look at another detail of the story. Peter and John, they didn't just go to pray. They went to pray. Say that last word out loud with me. Together. They went together. Jesus always sent his disciples out two by two. 
He'd team them up. He'd team them up to send them out. Dynamic duos, he'd team them up to send them out. And I'm telling you, there's just something amazing about doing life together, about following Jesus together, about, about sharing the love of Christ with someone together, about doing something and getting teamed up like that, getting yoked up like that. That's why we put such an emphasis on, on groups in this church. That's why we care so much about getting people in your life who can be praying for you. I, 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 it gives me such pleasure to know our student groups are out doing different things. They're getting together in Salt Lake City, praying before school. They're, they're getting together in the evenings. They're going through books. They're talking through messages. I, we, we need to have each other in each other's lives. What? Not, not, not so that we can pull away from the world, but so that we're positioned to safely reach the world. It's a delicate balance because the church always is, is teetering between one of two extremes. On one extreme is, is monasticism. This is where we pull into the monastery. This is where we shut the doors because the world has cooties and we, we pull our Pharisee cloaks up tight and we don't want anyone to touch us. And, and we, don't, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want anyone, we want to only drink milk from Christian cows and we only want to wear, wear Christian clothing and only want to listen to Christian music, right? And, and if we could, we would have a Christian gym where we could work out without hearing bad words on the, radio, and, 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 and what are we going to do? We're telling the world go to hell is what we're going to do if we do that. We're saying just go to hell. We're going to pretend like we're already in heaven. And that's a mistake. And the other mistake is, 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 is moral and theological liberalism, where we swing into living just like the world so we don't have anything to offer the world. And so what we're supposed to do is walk this fine line of being in the world but not of the world so we have something to reach out to the world with. And, and that's, that, that, that's difficult. It's always going to feel tense. It's always good. But we need to be occupying until Jesus comes back. We need to be slipping through the cracks like the spider from Honey, I Shrunk to Church, if you're confused, old C. Don't worry about it. But, but we need to all be putting up our webs. Like the, when someone says to me, like, oh, man, I wish I could be around the church activities more. I, I work this job. I'm like, that, that is your ministry. Like you're out there. We're, we're, that's, that we're supposed to gather and, and, and get fired up and then go out and live in this world and bump into people who need Jesus. But we have to, the, the safety and the tether is the relationships within the community of Jesus followers. And that's what keeps us tethered. Because if you're going out in the world and you're, you're going to swing out this way, if you don't have someone who's like, whoa, OK, noticing some things, let me pray for you. So you're going out and coming in. You're going out and you're coming in. Peter and John going out together. So, so we need to have people who, who are in our lives for that safety and for that support. And there's just a, a strength that comes from that unity. And so it is so incredibly strong to see Peter and John going together. Same with the, this guy. The moment the lame man was healed, Notice how it says he held on to Peter and John. He held on to Peter and John. He's like, I'm not letting you go. I'm going to hang with those involved in my healing, if you don't mind. I'm going to roll with y'all. Next chapter, chapter 4, you see him still with them. They're at a trial. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to go to jail. I'll go to jail with you. I can walk into jail. I'm fired up. We're going. Like, like I, I got a new crew. He had an old crew, too. How do you know that? Because it says they laid him at the gate beautiful daily. Who was his they? They took him every day. I don't know, but, but I know this. They had taken him as far as they could. And if, for him to get where he needed to be, he needed a new crew. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say it might take new relationships to reach new places. Your friends could be holding you back. The person you're dating could be holding you back. 
I'm telling you, you, you might be rolling with a crew, and every Friday night looks the same, and the, the activities look the same, and the, the negativity looks the same, and, 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 and what you're, the substances you're snorting or, or injecting looks the same. And, and if you want to walk with Jesus, you're going to need some new people in your life holding you up so that you can safely reach the world without being back in the world. You see what I'm saying? You, you got to get the right they all up in your life so you can reach the world without conforming to it. So important. OK, so, so this is this beautiful uh, picture. Um, I also need to caution you that not everybody, Peter and John are very excited. And many were filled with wonder and amazement. But not everybody was excited about this man being healed. And, and the same will happen to you. If you change like God wants you to change this year, there are going to be people in your life who are going to say, you're not fun anymore. They're going to actually say, you know what? You've changed. And you know what you should say to them? That was the point. That was the whole point. And the same thing could happen to you. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for change. I don't want to be who I was. You got, you got to look differently on criticism. Listen to me very carefully. Those who have given up on their dreams will always resent you living out yours. And there are people who, they, they, liked, you, they liked you lying down, because you know what? They, they're lying down, too. And if you get up, they're going to resent that because it makes them feel bad for the fact that they're still lying down. And so they have to clot you uh, as Jesus pulls you to the level that you're meant to walk at in this new year, in this new life, in this new season. So you got to look at criticism differently. People come to me all the time. And, like, and, and by the way, like, we can just agree that you don't ever need to do it again. Like if they, if they see me on the street, they'll be like, hey, you know what so-and-so says about you? You know, there's a lot of people who don't like you. It's not the nicest thing to tell somebody either way. But um, here's how I see it. I see it like Churchill. He said this. He goes, he goes, you have enemies? Good. It means you've stood up for something. And I just encourage you to look at criticism differently. Just if you're going to do what God calls you to do, there are going to be those who don't like it. Get over it and get on with it. Let's stand up for something. So that's, that's just... My, my thoughts on the issues. This helped anybody. I got one last thing I want to tell you. It's from the text. It's in verse 8. In verse 8, it, it says that he stood up walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. I love how energetic he is. I love how enthusiastic he is. And there's a takeaway truth from this. Your revelation of God's grace becomes visible through your praise. Grace is unmerited favor. And this guy had been a recipient of grace. I love just the picture. Here he is lying there. All he asked for was money. And God gave him something he didn't even ask for, mobility. He's asking for spare change. And God gives him life change. And it's change that makes sense, because he's able to use that change to, to get a job. But, 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 but the moment he's been changed, his revelation of what grace looks like, his, his eyes have been opened. He saw something he didn't see before. And now he knows the goodness of God. So what does it immediately do? It immediately changes what's coming out of his mouth and, and how he's living his life. And he's, he's, his arms are in the air. And there's passion and enthusiasm. And he's jumping. You don't have to wonder if this guy's excited. You don't have to give him an x-ray to find out what's in his heart. You can tell because it's beaming across his face. It's coming out of his mouth. It's swinging as his arms are swinging in the air. He doesn't care what people think about him. He has seen the light. He's seen the grace. And this revelation of grace, it's visible. Everyone could tell because of how he was living a life of wild, enthusiastic praise, even when it could cost him something. Because I told you, Peter and John, 
they, 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 they end up in jail over this miracle, literally in jail. And at the trial, this, this dude, he, he stands up next to him. He's like, you gonna put them in jail? You can put me in jail too. He's standing there with him. That's worship too. That's praise too. That's passion. He could have easily bolted when it got difficult, but he was living a life of praise and integrity, testifying to the goodness of God in his life. And it was visible in this passion. And that's how it should always be. And if it's not, it's because you don't understand how much God has done for you. Jesus actually said that very clearly in Luke 7, 47. He said, a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. That means you don't think you deserve, you don't need, need much of God's grace. But once you realize, man, I was a sinner, I was lame from birth, I couldn't do anything to help myself, but God did everything for me, that then shows up in how you praise. That then shows up in how you give. That then shows up in how you serve. That then shows up in how you forgive. You see? David, the, the, the poet king who committed adultery and, and committed murder, his revelation of God's grace changed when God washed away his sins. And what did he say? He said this. He said, my heart burst its banks. It's spilling beauty and it's spilling goodness. It's overflowing with a good theme. I just can't tell you enough about how good God is. I just can't tell you enough about how kind Jesus has been for me. And let me tell you, if you don't find that to be your reaction when the music plays, if you don't find yourself leaping to your feet with enthusiasm and vigor and passion, if you don't find your hands going up in the air, if you would say, that would be fake for me. I like to just sit here and watch. I like to just sit like this. I would say you should take a little trip in your mind's eye to the cross where Jesus was hanging naked and bleeding with, with your sin upon his shoulders because how can you not walk and leap and praise the Lord because he's been so good. And when your eyes are open to his grace, it's not forced. You, you're, you're, your reaction is to raise your hands up and surrender and to raise your hands up in worship and to raise your hands up in gratitude. But listen to me carefully. Even your enthusiasm over God's grace is not wasted, for God uses it to touch other people. Because remember how I was telling you he was walking, leaping, and praising God? Well, guess what? When you do that and other people are around, guess what they're going to see? And the text says the people saw him walking and leaping and praising God. And that gave Peter the opportunity to be like, hey, guys, anybody want to know how this happened? Well, guess what? Not me. Totally not that awesome. Was this guy Jesus? Goes ahead and gives a sermon. At the end of the day, here's what Acts says about the church. The many who heard the message believed. The number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. How many people were saved before this miracle? 3,000. So now you have instantly added to the church 2,000 men plus women and children. Why? Because John and Peter noticed a need and extended the right hand of authority. And the man chose to get up. And when he got up, his eyes opened to grace, caused his hands to raise, and he danced and he sang. And Peter, he preached a message and souls were saved. And what I'm saying to you is when God changes you and you let that grace come out of your lips and come out of your life, God is going to use it to change the world. He's going to use it to touch other lives. So thank him in advance. Come on, send your praise out in the new year. Let's thank him for his goodness. Let's thank him for his grace. Thank you so much for joining us for Keep the Change. If at any point during this message you made a decision for Christ, we would love to hear about it. 
Click on the Know God tab at freshlifechurch.com and we'll send you a kickstart pack that will help you just move forward in your relationship with Christ. If you are impacted by what Fresh Life is doing and would like to give above and beyond what you're giving to your local church for your tithe, please click the Give button at freshlifechurch.com to support what God is doing. If you have a story about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear about it. These stories are a fuel to our fire and really encourage us here at Fresh Life. Please click share your story at freshlifechurch.com or email us at story at freshlifechurch.com.